Welcome to I Hope This Doesn't Suck, a show about life, photo, video, and trust me when I say a whole lot of other things. I'm your host, Jake Lawrence, and um, welcome to the show. What's going on, folks? Welcome to another episode of I Hope This Doesn't Suck. Today, I have another guest, and he is just an all-around crazy badass does all sorts of photography. He's a lifestyle photographer uh, from Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, welcome to the show, Ben Prescott. What's up, dude? Glad to be here. Thanks dude, for having me. Dude, of course. Thanks for being on, man. I'm super stoked to have you here. And by here, I mean, you know, you're there and I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the technicality of pulling this off that people don't know it's like you're in albuquerque right <laughs> yeah i'm in albuquerque yeah you're in albuquerque and i'm in vancouver bc canada and we're, we're recording an interview yeah we, we, ended technology. Up, we ended up having to download a completely different video call it was it's been it's been an evening thus far but hey yeah. we're here we're doing it facebook messenger can just eat the butt or something all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally so ben tell me um, how did you get into photography in the first place? Yeah. So actually, um, uh, so I'm 29 years old. Uh, I've been in photography for three years, full time for two. Um, so I, I was in construction from age 16 to age 26. So I spent a full decade in construction. Um, that was actually, it was a really good career, but unfortunately at the end of it, like when I was 26 years old, um, I, I had, I'd had, F up to five years of back pain. So I spent most of my twenties, like, uh, back pain every day, waking up in the morning, you know, dreading the day, uh, Oof. not sure what to do, like not sure how to get out of my situation and just like constantly wondering what was next for me and always getting physio and wondering like, Hey, how am I going to fix this back pain? And, um, you know, by the time I was 26, it was so bad that, uh, uh, I actually had to leave um, construction Dang. just cause I like, I, I couldn't work. Yeah. And, uh, like while I was off work, um, I was trying to get, you know, workers compensation and this sort of stuff. I, I couldn't get it. Sure. Uh, but my physio was like, Hey, if you don't get out of manual labor now, you know, if, if you don't find a way out of this, like you're going to seriously do your, yourself long-term harm, which is just not doable, man. I mean, Wait, and he's like, yeah, you, you cannot, you got, he said, he, he, he said it to me so straight. He said, you need to leave manual labor now. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to wor work out at the level of a professional athlete and Jesus. do core training an hour a day, five days a week, just to maintain your spinal cord. So it doesn't like fall into disrepair and you become uh, in a wheelchair by 60. This is, this is verbatim what, like, I'm not blowing this up in any yeah, way. Yeah, I'm absolutely. saying I'm saying verbatim what Greg Bay. You can look look this guy <laughs> up. He's Greg in Abbotsford, <laughs> Abbotsford, BC, Canada. Ask Greg himself. Greg Bay from Abbotsford, British Columbia, Canada, told me this verbatim, and I said, "Okay, Greg, I'm going to take you seriously." Took me one year after that to to work myself out of plumbing, out of gas fitting, out of running those types of jobs, and getting myself into photography full time with the help of so many. Um, people so essentially what happened when right when greg gave me that diagnosis yeah um, right when dr base gave me <laughs> gave me both <laughs> barrels <laughs> i was like damn and my best friend chris uh he's like 
uh, you know, hey, I noticed you've been doing a lot of like walking lately because walking was one of the things Greg told me to do to rehab my back. He said, walk every day sure. until you can get back in the gym. And I was like, okay, I'm going to walk every day. And my best friend, Chris, lent me his Canon T1i. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just like, I took this thing up into the North Shore Mountains around Vancouver. Yeah. Like almost every day from like October to all the way up to December 2015. And uh, like I shot every day on it for for six weeks. And then at the end of six weeks, it was like what we call Boxing Day up here in Canada, December 26th. That's like Black Friday here, right? Yeah. So okay. we we took Black Friday and we moved it forward a few a few weeks. You, you and, took Black uh, Friday and made it, made it like a you made it like a discount. Yeah. After Christmas Day, which is Part, totally yeah, rad. It, it's actually super sick. <laughs> uh, but now we have Black Friday as well. Oh, of course, you can't get away so, from the Black Friday. Yeah. So we have both now. Anyway, that's uh, that's sort of what went down. Chris said, "Like, hey, I need my camera back," and I'm like. All right, bro. And then like, <laughs> well, I'm going to get one then. <laughs> and then, then, uh, Chris is, Chris and I were out like boxing day shopping, like getting all the deals and, uh, we're at London drugs and I just saw one that was on sale. I was like, dude, do you think this is a good idea? And he's like, well, you've been doing this every day for the last six weeks. And it's like, you're not, you, you're not going to stop. Like you need to keep rehabbing your back. Like you're going to keep walking. You're going to keep hiking yeah. and you're going to keep going to the outdoors. And it's like, you, you might as well have this. Like, I'm not going to keep lending you, you mind. Like I need mine back. And I said, okay, I'm just going to buy it. I bought a Canon 60 right there. It's literally sitting like right beside me right, right now. Oh, wow. I, I still have it. It's right here. I don't like, this is the one I shoot on now. This is a Canon ESR. Oh, okay. But, sure. Sure. Um, so yeah, I bought that camera that day. It has like 350,000 or 370,000 exposures on it now. And I just like bought a lens with it that I thought would be cool. And yeah, it's, Dude, it all that's started, awesome. It's all started there. And it all started with know. a, with a messed up back. Yeah. That's wild. That literally your back changed the course of your life forever. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, makes sense. It would change the course of many people's lives, but not a lot of folks would kind of find a career out of having a, not, not having a messed up back. You don't get paid to have a messed up back, but like yeah. you got into what you're doing because of that. And that, that's pretty cool to me, man. Yeah. It's like, I think, I think the ta- big takeaway there is like, you know, you might be in difficult circumstances, but like that's that's fine like there's always a way out and like in my in my case this isn't every case but in my case at least it was like the difficult circumstances that like quite literally were the pathway out of them yeah which is super like interesting you know you wouldn't expect that well that's yeah i mean that's like i said that's so rare and you've worked with some like pretty pretty high profile clients um, you know, so obviously we've gotten over like the, how did you get into photography in the first place? How did you make it so viable for yourself? You know, what was the, what was the tipping point for you that got you to becoming a full-time photographer? That's your lifestyle. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Viability is like such an interesting concept like you you are very unlikely to make any progress at something that does not like come natural to you sure what so, like i spe- especially with things like you're you're doing on your own and you know no one's there to like you know help you it's not a team thing like so so this wasn't it was not a, a team thing as many people helped me it was like 
a lot of my initiative that sure. had to that that had to exist to build it and that initiative only was only there because i found this thing enjoyable so like as far as far as viability goes it's like i was already out doing these things hiking you know canoeing having fires at the river having like going up to the lake for fires and and like doing these outdoor activities spending so much time outdoors and like uh you know living half an hour from the mountains it's like okay uh i'm just bringing my camera now and taking photos of things that are already occurring slowly that turned into like you know having having a curated sort of eye for what might look good and what might not look good and eventually like that turned into like you know specific photo shoots and uh you know <laughs> then having to to be like more uh choosy about what i shot and you know <laughs> making sure like sometimes like hey open like don't bring the camera like we just want to like hang out <laughs> just let's just hang like, out man we don't have, have a couple beers you know yeah it's like you know chill it's like chill bro <laughs> <laughs> no that i've i know that exact feeling i mean when when i first yeah. got my camera um it's a canon 40d i wanted to literally bring it everywhere my wife was like dude calm down yeah yeah like because it's like when you first start shooting or like you first start shooting again, because I started shooting a long time ago and didn't take it seriously, but I got that camera and I wanted to shoot literally everything. I was like, wow, the sky looks so much different now because I have a camera in my hand. Yeah. But I, I know exactly kind totally. of what you're talking about there. And then as, soon, as you get a little bit more uh, baked in, I guess is what the word would be, um, you start to feel like, man, I wish that I was still so stoked on seeing literally just a cloud in the sky. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if there was a way to just capture that, that feeling again that would be so incredible but i feel like yeah like you have it for a little bit and you just have to cherish it as much as you can so if you're a new photographer just hold on to that feeling just as long as you possibly can because it, it'll it'll probably dissipate <laughs> and, and if you live in new mexico and you actually get like single clouds and you can take <laughs> photos of single clouds do that because if you live in vancouver you do not get single clouds it's either bluebird or just one big, <laughs> one huge big cloud that's raining on you. Yeah, see, that's, days. and, and, you know, New Mexico, uh, like a big thing here, obviously is breaking bad, you know? Um, and one of the reasons that they wanted it here so bad was because of the skies here, right? Because it, at any given time in, in the summer, spring, fall, even winter, you can have these insane, sprawling, gigantic, crazy clouds. But I think being here, as long as I have, I'm like, cool, I've seen this, like, so many times give me you know a change of pace give me a new view man i want to find a forest or something because you could shoot the desert uh, you know however long but it's still going to be a desert at the end of the day yeah you know you but guys you guys don't have the forest i know you know i mean we have like some like i yesterday i went up to the sandia crest super stoked uh, cause I haven't been up there very often. It's like 15,000 feet elevation and you can drive all the way up and it was fun, but it was like a huge layer of snow. My son, my wife and I went, my son was wearing shorts, so <laughs> we couldn't do very much, but I, I walked up there and it was just like super crazy to see. Cause I haven't really gotten to shoot it since I got back into photography. Like, and I've wanted to so much, you know, because I've always seen these insane views. Um, but it's like seeing stuff like that does give hope for me to New Mexico. But a lot of the time it's like desert or like grimy good city stuff or like a very, very, very 
very overshot sunset. You know what I mean? <laughs> what's this, uh, what's this spot called that you guys went up to? So it's called the Sandia crest. Um, it is, how do you, how do you spell that? Uh, S A N D I A Sandia. It's uh, oh, wow. Spanish for watermelon, I believe. Oh, I love that. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's a beautiful spot. It's absolutely insane. And, and there's a lot of really cool stuff. And like, it's foresty on the drive up there. We saw deer, which was really cool. So I'm stu- super stoked to edit those photos. Um, but I feel like there's just a lot more kind of going on in other places. Because you're from yeah. Chilliwack. That's the name? Yeah. Chilliwack, Chilliwack BC. Okay. We say Vancouver just to make it easy on people who aren't from here. But yeah, I'm sure. in Ch- Chilliwack. Chilliwack. Okay. So what's Chilliwack like? Give me a, give me a little uh, a tourist's guide of Chilliwack. Yeah. So the, uh, the main thing with Chilliwack is <laughs> we have the uh, Chilliwack Lake uh, okay. and the Chilliwack River Valley uh, and the Vetter River. Uh, so it's, it seems like two rivers, right? Yeah. You know, Chilliwack's got these two great rivers that you can two go hang out Two massive rivers. Whoa. Yeah. It's one river. Okay. <laughs> so it's, of course it, comes it, is. Out, it comes out the lake, right? Mm-hmm. It, the lake's there. And then there's a river coming out the lake and it's called the Chilliwack river. And it goes for like 35 kilometers. Then there's a specific bridge at a town called Vetter crossing. And then it becomes the Vetter river, but it literally is the same. It's same just river, the same river. super funny. Well, it's like but, a, it's like a road that has two different names. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's it's exactly like that. So that valley is is one of the most beautiful places in the world. Uh at this point I you know, I've been all over the world for my photography and uh, there's nothing like quite as uh beautiful as as the Chilliwack River Valley. It's just like just where I love to be. Uh, I find myself going up there like two, three times a week. Um Dang. and it's one of those spots that is like uh, for, you know, the average, like suburban or city person, it's relatively un- inaccessible. So it like, is never going to be at risk of like this super touristy, out- yeah. uh, you know, you know, people getting in the way and stuff like yeah. that, you know, like there's like, so many t- spots that you can go to, but if there's like a million people with tripods there, it's not, doesn't have yeah. the same sort of charm. So I love shooting in Banff, but everyone goes there and it's a tripod army and you just got to fit in. <laughs> you just like, got to find my, your way through. Shout out to my buddy, Brayden. Like my buddy, Brayden just wanted to take a canoe shot in Banff at sunrise. Mm-hmm. And a hundred people with their tripod set up, yelled at him saying, you're ruining the reflection for everyone, you idiot. And it's like, okay, what? Ruining the reflection really for ruining everyone? It's it. like, I just wanted to go for like a canoe ride and snap a couple of photos. But you can't because like everyone's there with their tripod. The thing with Chilliwack is, I know, stupid, right? <laughs> that's really like, that's super upsetting. To me, it would be like everybody's there with their tripods and all of them are going to capture the same shot. I would be so thankful to see somebody in a fucking canoe like right there. I'd be like, oh my God, it's finally different than everybody else's yeah, shot from yesterday and the day yeah. before. And you that's put ridiculous. it together like across this uh, photography season, like four months yeah this was that this happened this situation i'm referring to happened at moraine lake which uh which is like, like the most popular craziest like yeah. photo spot yeah it's P- peter mckinnon cites it as the bucket shot it's arguably arguably the most iconic lake in the world yeah in, in, Can- in canada at least if not the world um 
it's the it's like the twenty dollar view. It's wow, another Canadian twenty dollar bill. This kind of stuff, and like you think about it, like a hundred to two hundred tripods a day for four months. Like how many thousands of the same photo are shot there every year? And it's like people getting pissed because they didn't get the same photo. Well, yeah, like, I would bro, be stoked, I'd, dude. And like, yeah, yeah, it's fine to want to get you know the iconic shot or whatever, but being able to get something unique from a location that's so oversaturated would be, I feel like that would be an incredible thing, right? Like, like even if it's just as simple Mm. as somebody canoeing, that's Mm. just, that's way more intriguing to me than like, Oh, got to get the same shot as the person next to me because he's literally a centimeter away. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to zoom out even further on this uh, sort of what we're touching on here. Sure. And say like, even even the idea of like going to a, a spot that is like touristy mm-hmm. is beginning is beginning to lose its a- appeal to me. Like I've had some really uh, eye opening conversations with uh, one of my roommates at my house here in Chilliwack, RJ Bruni. He's uh, he's my longtime favorite uh, filmmaker. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he was he was my favorite filmmaker even before I met him, which is super cool. Like he, that he became my roommate. Now I'm just like living with, with that, your favorite filmmaker. That's pretty rad. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's an incredible, incredible, incredible filmmaker. I just like advise everyone just go check out his stuff. RJ Bruni is super good. Uh, and we've had some really eye opening conversations where it's like, he's pointed out to me that like, you know, trying to like go get the iconic shot. And it's like, that's, that's not, you know, that's not the goal with photography. The The goal with photography is to, like, capture moments that will, like, not be repeated and, like... Well, yeah. You know, it's... Yeah, it's not about, like, the spot. It's about, like, the moment. It's like, why did you take the photo? Uh, what's the purpose behind this? Are you just trying to go out and snap pics? And I think, like... That's a snapshot, I'm, right? Like, that's yeah. that's a shot that, that anybody can get with their phone. And just because you took it with, say, like, a 1DX doesn't make it any better. It doesn't make yours any more unique than anybody else's. Right. Yeah, you can throw whatever kind of edit you want on there, but if that's the only thing that's making it unique, then really what about that is so appealing? Yeah. And yeah, the, uh, I think Peter McKinnon's take on it, where it's like, it's the bucket shot. He's always wanted it. And I, I think there's value in that. It's like, mm-hmm. but, but this is literally coming from one of the most, creative minds in the industry it's like i think he's earned himself like obviously the the ability to 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 say like you know i want to go out and i get this iconic shot but it's funny like how that that bucket shot video blew up from peter mckinnon because and it blew up because it's like oh wow he's doing something that's like iconic rather than his you know typical unique creative you know make something for yourself as opposed to you know He's constantly keeping it fresh. So it's really, yeah. Well, and another kind of interest, not to keep talking about Peter McKinnon, but another interesting take that I got from that is a lot about the bucket shot was like, it's more about the journey than it is about the final destination as final, (laughs) not the horror movie, uh, but the destination, right? Like it's, it's not really about getting there and getting that iconic shot, but it's really more of like what you had to do to get there, to get it done. Just as this podcast what we've had to do to get it started. We're yeah. now at the destination, but the journey, man, <laughs> that was so hectic. It's that same sort of like you have, I don't even know something about it. Synchronicity. Yeah, that, that's cool. You point that out. Like he really did enjoy like the journey of getting that shot. Yeah. But yeah, my, my point, my point, I guess being is like, 
I guess, you know, I've, t- I've taken it, you know, a hundred different, you know, iconic shots at a hundred different, you know, iconic locations. And that's like, it's been super rewarding, but I think there's even like another level of like rewardingness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there, of course. You know, in this, you know, you, know? It, it, you find a real, like you find real peace when you realize that maybe it's not all about the shot, you know, yeah. like this, this whole entire thing isn't necessarily about me taking a shot. That's going to make me a lot of money. It's more about, I'm enjoying doing this. This is yeah. something that I just love to do. And I'm super thankful that I get to do it in the first place. Yeah. You know, and I feel like, again, Peter McKinnon has that sort of vibe, right? Cause he's just like, just do stuff, just go and do stuff, you know? And, and that's, feel like that's kind of what the whole yeah. thing was really about. So to switch uh, so, gears. One sec. One okay, sec. Yeah, we'll go switch ahead, go gears ahead. in a second. I just, I didn't want to leave people hanging on Chillux. Sort of, sure. I was just drawing that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was just drawing that like uh, difference between like what Banff will always be and what Chilliwack can never be without significant development. Chilliwack, the Chilliwack River Valley is so inhospitable to the average suburban automobile even that like all of your hikes or 80% of your hikes are only accessible by four by four. And a lot of the most epic views are 12 hour one way before you even set up your tent and make camp for the day. It's like, it's some really, it's some really aggressive um, stuff. And I think that, that level of challenge, you know, it forces you to only do like one or two of these big hikes every summer and really enjoy it. And like, you're not going to see the tripod army at, you know, the top of Mount McFarlane ever. Because nobody wants to do a 12 mile hike to set up their tripod. Yeah, you know absolutely I mean? not. You know, as much as like, obviously I'm sure you've set up a tripod there, but what I'm saying is, you know, it's more of like a, a it's not a touristy spot by any means. It sounds, yeah. it sounds perilous, to be honest. It sounds like some Revenant stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's no tourists that will be able to get up there unless they, you know. Unless they're not really tourists. Yeah, you know? unless, yeah, unless they're more of like an adventure person and actually, you know, kind of person you want to you see when you're up there. Sure, yeah, well, absolutely. The kind of person that goes up there, right? We, yeah. have, we have a few spots uh, in New Mexico in general that I haven't really explored. I don't really have a lot of time to go out and explore an adventure. I wish that I did. Um, but there's a couple of lakes near Santa Fe and all sorts of stuff that are like day trips and you got to camp. And once you get there, it's just this crazy serene, kind of like what you're saying. Um, and there's a lot of those around, but I guess it's just kind of a, it's a lot harder to get to those locations in, in certain, um, circumstances. Right. Yeah. Uh, like obviously there's a lot of really nice looking spots here too. Sandia crest. You, you, you looked it up. It's a nice looking place. It's really high up off the ground. I'm, go- <laughs> I'm going to look it up. I haven't looked it up. Okay. Yet. You haven't looked it up yet. Not Guys. that big of a multitasker. Anyway, <laughs> no, gonna, that's totally fair. <laughs> you're going to switch gears on us. So we're switching gears. You right. have done a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. What are some standout moments or experiences or like, I know you said you went to um, the Faroe Islands. Faroe yeah. Islands has always been somewhere that I'm just like, oh my God, it's beautiful. You know, what was that whole experience kind of like? Yeah. So if you're asking about like standout experiences, um, tra- travel really like puts the, 
you know, the rubber to the road uh, as far as like the worst and possible, I, th- I think, experiences that you can have, or at least I've had. Um, sure. Yeah. There's like, you know, there's a there's, lot of variables that can go wrong. Yeah. There's a, the incredible standout moments and, and like, there's some really big positives. And I think like, uh, I think everyone's going to have a, a positive experience and, and like up until like, yeah, we did talk at length earlier about like the Faroe Islands and like how that was like, you know, such a negative over, like overall it was like, it was all right. But like, it was such a negative experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even though like I was with some really good friends and we were in one of the most beautiful places on earth. Uh, it was still like, like one of the lowest points in my entire career. So, so that Corona, bro. <laughs> uh, my bad, dude. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. Well, one, you know, one thing um, that's kind of crazy to me uh, about that specific experience being, it's not even crazy. It's just something that I wish that more people would kind of delve into is like, you don't see behind the scenes, right? Yeah. Like people who see your photos from the Faroe Island, wow, what a fucking cool, yeah. like he got to go and do all this stuff, but they don't know that you dealt with what you dealt with yeah, while you were let's, there. Maybe let's bring people behind the curtain on, on sort of what happened in the Faroe Islands. Cause yeah. like, I, I definitely think that's important to, to say here. Cause like, well, like cause we people to, have like this animosity yeah. for folks who get to, you know, travel and, and take photos everywhere and get paid to yeah. do it, but they don't understand kind of what that takes. You know like what I mean? I often, I often have people in, in my direct messages and Instagram saying like, you know, you're so lucky you get to do this, which I am. And yeah. you're like, you go to all these cool places, which I do. And it's like, you must so enjoy your work and it must be such like a good, a good thing for you. And it totally is like, we already talked about like how it essentially fixed my chronic decade long back pain. And it's totally amazing. And and if you, if you look, look at the big picture and, and you take everything, you know, in its proper context, like my life is 10 times better than it was before before finding this passion and sure. before building this as a career. And it's totally true, but the Faroe Islands still were the lowest point like in my adult life. And it's like, I think highlighting exactly why that happened and like, you know, the debt and like the family issues and like the health issues and everything that just like piled up and like the not getting enough sleep. I think it's really important to highlight. So I'll just, I'm just going to get right in that. So sort of what happened, uh, like you, as you already know, I'm just, telling telling everyone who's listening yeah, it's yeah like here's what uh here's what went down it's like i i had this trip planned with my good friends uh chris megan and joelle and like we had a we had this hectic itinerary planned out like so cool and chris put it all together and he reached out to people which like thank you chris for reaching out to everyone that was like such a bro move you did such a good job on that but like everything that could have gone wrong like in my life like leading up to that trip went wrong it's like you know the day the day after i got to the faroe islands you know my mom was uh going into stem cell treatment for late stage neurological lyme disease i didn't know how she was going to handle that um i i had a i had a, a a job that i was like super excited about uh, I had, I had the client pull out of that job. Um, I had, uh, I had a, a couple other clients 
uh, decide to pay late rather than on time, which uh, led to me not being able to pay my visa, which uh, made it that I had to rely on uh, Chris to pay for a lot of my stuff in the Faroe Islands, uh, which felt embarrassing to me to have to like rely on someone in that way. Cause like, you know, this career is going well and it's like going fine. And, but like when people don't pay like this perfect storm of like you're overseas and you, even if you got paid, you couldn't pay your bills cause you're locked out. And like, God. then, then like our, our revenue agency, like our version of the IRS, the CRA, the Canadian revenue agency, um, you know, I thought they were auditing me. Like I got a letter from them that said they were, but then they decided not to, but I couldn't contact them to talk about it because you can't call them because you're in another country completely. dude. You can't call the CRA from the middle of the Pacific ocean. So I had to spend a full afternoon getting routed through the Canadian embassy in Denmark just to talk to the CRA. And then, and then, um, I had like, uh, I had just like a little bit of tension between myself and like a girl back home, uh, which was like easily resolved when I got back. Sure. Um, like literally resolved by one text message. But like, that was like the, that was like that one last thing, that one last piece of tension with a, like a, the good friend back home. Just like, it's, it just like, it just piles on, man. It until just, it everything topples. like eight things, seven, eight things piled on. And I had, uh, I had the first, uh, first and only panic attack of my entire life, which I thought I was having a heart attack and, uh, it was oh just, God, yeah, it's, the worst. it's, it's, it's so, it's so interesting. You know, it's like, we're literally in like, like one of the most beautiful places on earth doing like, I'm doing exactly what I love to do. And it's like, it felt like hell. It's like, I, I wanted, I wanted to get out. I wanted to fly away. I like, there's not like there was nowhere to go there was nothing to be done just everything went wrong and well and it's just it's that feeling right like i have that i've had that before not specifically in those circumstances that's a very very wide more large-scale circumstance but things are just say things are just going well things are going so well and you're just feeling it and everything is great and then all of a sudden something just topples you down just knocks you right to the ground and there's just no feeling that's worse than that right like like and and i feel like i know that that's literally a hard thing to kind of retell and have to like you know kind of relive um but it's important I feel like people need to see that, you know, like you, you are a successful photographer. Uh, and a lot of these people that, you know, know of you or know of your work, just think, wow, I mean, this guy just gets to go off and do all sorts of cool stuff. But at the end of the day, yes, that was an incredibly cool thing. It was an incredibly cool opportunity. Shout out to your friends for like rocking it and making it happen. But life still happens, you know, you're not immune to circumstances. Yeah, totally. And I, I, I kind of like look back on it and you ever seen that, uh, that movie? Oh my gosh. I wish I knew the name was it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, the greatest reality TV show ever. It's a movie about like the uh, Truman show True, that Truman show. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Love it. Y'all picture that show in that video, that movie in your mind. It's like the Truman show stepping out of that trip was like stepping out the Truman show. Cause like I got back and within two or three days, 
um, you know, six of eight issues were resolved completely. And yeah. within six weeks, eight of eight issues were fully resolved. Which is awesome. And, and it's like, literally this, like, it was like this bubble, this bubble situation where it's like, my circumstances just like piled up, but it's like, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of funny, like looking back on it, like if I had been able to manage like the stress better, I probably could have fared better. And like, if I had seen it coming or at least had like, I'd been like in some amount, like, well, you said it was prepared. also the first panic attack of your life. Yeah. You know, it's not, that's not yeah, something you can really be prepared for. You can't prepare for that. Right. Yeah. But what I've noticed since then is like, um, it's like. I can do a lot more like with a lot less and like having gone through like the difficulty, it's like, uh, my capacity is so much larger. Sure. And like that capacity like has paid off. It's like a tolerance. In it, in you build yeah. Up. It's like you be, yeah, totally. You so know, that's, kind of, with, that's kind of the upside. I'm not just going to, I'm just going to, I'm not just going to leave everyone like <laughs> people just being the, bummed. Like, Oh God, yeah, I'm like, this oh, one this guy says, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not just trying to convince everyone that my life sucks. <laughs> that's not the goal here. Well, no, and, I'm, just, and, you know, I'm just trying to say like, I had one, I had one crappy trip. Every other trip's been phenomenal. I should, I should, I should say that like, Oh yeah. I should have said that from the get go. I was just like, well, and you did, yeah. you, it's, you know, you said, you know, I've had some incredible experiences and, and everything was great and it's still great. I had one specific, like you, you, you covered your bases by all means, but again, yeah. you know, it, it's those kind of experiences that are important for people to see, right? Cause we could spend five hours and I plan on it talking about, you know, the great experiences, the incredible things you've gotten to do through photography, yeah. but you know, people hear that and they're like, cool, well, that's not me. So fuck you. You know what I mean? Like they, like they just don't, they don't bite onto, yeah. you know, that it's a relatable experience, yeah, especially so, uh, being the first of yours. You had zero tolerance to the yeah. entirety of the idea of a panic attack. Yeah. It's like after years of dealing with God knows what, you know, anxiety, depression, you get used to it. It's a tolerance, but for your scenario, you got to go do this super badass thing and then everything went awry and it was just like, wow, worst. Mm. I feel you is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I find this like funny phenomena on social media with, you know, people who get to do social media for a living. There's, there's a level of criticism that comes from the audience. Like, sure. Uh, if you ever, if you ever say anything as a social media influencer or someone in the social media space who you know gets to do that for a living, if you ever say something that it is at all, like complaining about your situation, it, it comes back with, you know, you, you get a lot of, you get, you get a lot, a lot of responses hate. that that is like yeah you, you get a, yeah you get a lot of that that's like you know you should be thankful that you you get to do this all like why are you complaining but like I'm telling you bro I'm telling I'm telling you it's like you you think I don't know what is difficult and you think I don't know what's easy and you think I don't know like what's what is and isn't enjoyable I yes. I did ten years in the construction industry before I even owned a camera. Like you, you actually want to talk right now? You're like yeah. twenty years old, sitting on your phone, telling me that I'm privileged, wearing your fucking Yeezys, and you know, rocking all this crazy shit. That that camera was an entire year of savings because, like, in the construction industry, I'm driving out, like, not making all that much. It's like it wasn't that profitable back then. Now you make like okay, right now. 
Like if I were to step back into the industry, I'd be making 50, 55 an hour. Well, oh, Jesus. Back Whoa, then, dude. Back when I left, Whoa. it was like t- 21. And that's even then that's, you know, that's not terrible by any means. But, yeah, but in Vancouver, when you're paying, like, you have an, quite a quite a quite yeah. a uh, cost of living. That's the word. Couldn't yeah. think of it. I was like, yeah, there's there's a term. Well, our uh, our gas price right now. Not that everyone needs to know, but it's like six <laughs> six bucks a gallon up here oh, right now. Jesus, dude, it's two forty here. I think that's USD. You guys, you know, do Canadian yeah. dollars, which is like so it's half the price. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, anyway, ask me something else, dude. I'm fired up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. So let's talk about let's talk about a good experience, man. Like, what was like one of the greatest experiences you've had? All in all, life changing, you know, you, you the the stuff, you know, the meat of it. Like you got to go do this crazy thing. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. I love I love the way um I love the way you put that. Um I think like I I think I think like I yeah, you say that like, you know, what you're asked that like what's the big thing? Like what was the big thing? Like what was the crazy moment? Yeah. Dude, I've had okay. Um, my, my, like my favorite definition that I've heard of the word joy is quiet contentment. Sure. And, and like, I think that that's so key. It's like, you know, the hype train is real and it's good to be stoked and it's good to do big things. And Mm -hmm. I, I love like that idea of like, you know, doing this huge send and like really putting your all into something like going super far. But it's like, honestly, man, doing this, like lifestyle photography thing it's been it's been a series of small like seemingly insignificant moments that have been uh super profound and like looking back it's like yeah uh that's the correct answer just so you know it was a test And you responded oh. <laughs> very well. You could have been like, yeah, man, I backflipped off a cliff. And <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it's Dude, I got the answer, right? I was saying, I'm stoked. <laughs> it wasn't really a trick. I don't actually, I'm not a dick, but yeah. <laughs> regardless, I mean, there, there's, you know, that's like, I feel like that's the right way to look at it, right? Like I have found joy. What's yeah. more, what's better than that? Honestly. Yeah. You know, I like you could backflip off a cliff in Hawaii or wherever you happen, some crazier location. And that would be a yeah. one very cool moment. But yeah. finding many, many moments that that all combine into just general happiness is so much better to me than having one shallow moment of glory. <laughs> Dude, there's this funny there's this funny saying, like one of my favorite photographers uh likes, and that's uh yeah, it's a Macklemore lyric, and it's like a true artist is never satisfied. But I, I guess that's the sacrifice, and I, I, I disagree with with that. Sure. It's like I actually, uh, newsflash, like I actually enjoy my own work. You know, I, that's I enjoy. Okay. I enjoy it's okay the, to enjoy your own work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like you don't have an ego about it. You're just like, yeah, I don't no. literally hate my work. Yeah, you know what it's I mean. Like, it's like I found something I love to do and it's like I actually enjoy the images I create. I'm I am satisfied with the photos I've taken and I'm going to be satisfied with the next photo I take, you know? It's, that doesn't I'm mean not, you don't have room to grow. I'm you know, not like, you, yeah. you, you can still you can still be content. Yeah, and I'm not have be growth. like 
you know, an emo artist. I'm not trying to like, <laughs> I'm not trying to motivate myself by pretending like I think everything else I've ever created is not good. That thing I made you yesterday know? was terrible in comparison to what I'm making now. No, it's, you know, you, some of your favorite photos are photos you've taken years ago or, you know, however long, you know, right? Like I'm sure because not, you don't always have those moments to kind of compare to. If that makes check, sense. I literally like check this out. Oh, hell yeah. I've been, so this photo sits at my desk. It's like my, my favorite photo I've ever taken. And I just like, I have, it's two feet by three feet. I just you guys, Ben there. is sending me a new print. I'm so stoked, dude. Thank you. <laughs> I know, I'm not sending you that. <laughs> hell no. Pay me. Oh, dude. No, no. I, I leave it there because it's like, it's a reminder. It's like. You, you, you are, you are capable of creating things that you and other people enjoy and bring value to people's lives. And you are going to continue to create work that you like and that your mom will like, and that your grandpa will like, and that will bring value to their lives. And, uh, you don't need to strain yourself. You just need to keep doing what you do. And that's. That's all that, all that, all that matters. That's how you get to where you want to be. Cause if your mom likes it, everyone else is going to like it, you know? Or if your mom likes it, who cares if anybody else likes Pretty it? Pretty much. Right. You know, like, like as long as, as, as long as something I'm making matters to the people who, it, who I care about. Right. Like if I show my son a photo and he's like, I really like that. It makes me feel real good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But totally. if I show him a photo and he's like, that's not good. I'm like, cool. I'm going to go burn this and take it down. You know what I mean? Like, but like, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. um, it, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, because it is really easy to get caught up. It's really easy to get caught up in, in the craziness of Instagram or, you know, in the travel or whatever. And this is me, obviously not speaking from experience, but, uh, I feel like, like a lot of that can just really get overwhelming and, and you forget that, what you're doing is something you love and it's not just there to give you a following or, or make you popular or whatever the case is. Um, and, and I feel like that's easily forgotten and it, and it's nice to, to see that you have that reminder daily of like, this is still my favorite photo. I haven't beaten this yet yeah, and I don't think I ever will, It'll but be that's tough. okay. It'll yeah. be very tough to beat it. Cause like I didn't curate that moment. I stepped into it. Sure. There's nothing I could do. It happened to me. I didn't happen to And it. you can't recreate that moment. There is no cre recreating it. It's a guy fly fishing out of a canoe at dawn on Bowman Lake in Montana in August 2016 with the dopest fog you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like there's nothing about it that can be recreated. He's wearing like a Carhartt vest, a tan Carhartt vest over a, a black hoodie fly fishing and he's at perfect cast arm extended about to throw forward just click done and that's you know in a way that's like a street photo right yeah. like i know that you know I, I get really really heavily into street photography and, and when you were talking about not being able to recreate that moment um one of my favorite street photographers joshua jackson Josh K. Jack on the good old Instagram. Um, <laughs> he talks about that all the time. He talks about that and the curiosity gap of like, I'm trying to make a moment. No one else can. Yeah. Like literally, this will not be remakeable because I did it 
this way. And that photo you took, you're never going to remake that. And no one else is ever going to make that. Yeah. And one of, one of the biggest mistakes that I've made in, in my photography is that I've taken a lot of photos that are, that are replicatable. Um, yeah. Like I've taken a lot of, a lot of photos that are like, you know, this guy standing on this log at, you know, this spot. And it's like, you know, it's people standing in, in spots for photos, but I want to take things in a new direction. Like my, my other roommate, Zach, um, he's like, uh, he's like a, a brand developer. Um, super super wise guy kind of like deconstruct your roommates are basically you just have the roommates of that like every creative person needs. yeah yeah totally <laughs> yeah he's a youth pastor photographer brand uh and brand developer so he's like super he's got he's got a lot of he wears a lot of hats he wears a lot of hats but he like he wears them all for a really good reason and like th- sure. with brand development like he he helped me he helped me realize that like I do have a lot of photos that are like the typical Instagrammy thing. Not they're not like the cloud moments. Yeah, they're yeah, exactly. And they're not like the real moments that like your uncle would be a part of. And like he helped me realize that some of my favorite photos of my own work are exactly like this one in front of me here with the guy fly fishing in his canoe. I there's nothing I could do to make that happen. You know, mm-hmm. this moment will never occur before. Uh, but it's like you know, when I had, when I had my buddy, uh, Michael stand on that specific log at that specific waterfall in Oregon and like take that specific shot with like looking down the river at that waterfall. It's a great, you know, photo. I, I, I like, I like the photo, but it's like, it had been done before me and it was done again after me. And it'll continue and, to be done over and over. No yeah. What. And yeah. And there's nothing like morally wrong about that it's like if you want to if you want to do that but it's like when it when it really comes down to it you know you could be you could be creating work that is not replicatable and is more meaningful right yeah more more meaningful and therefore like not feeding into the we're not feeding into the conveyor belt that spits out all the same photos all the time. Oh, here's Maureen Lake. Oh, here's someone standing on the log at Joffrey Lake. Not, oh, not feeding into the, I want to be on Moody Grams. Yeah. Sort oh, of here's thing, someone, you know? here's someone standing on the cliff at Glacier Point. Oh, like gee, everything like just keeps cruising off the conveyor belt. It's like, we, we just need to stop the conveyor belt and start, you know, shooting real moments. Yeah. You know, instead of trying to manufacture, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, you can look as cool as you want to on Instagram, but at the end of the day, you're still you, you know, so yeah. why not just share the most important moments, right? Like, uh, something that I recently did on my Instagram, just to get, you know, a little, little talk about myself for a moment is I posted a series of, um, a birthday party for my niece. Uh, yeah. it was her fourth birthday party. And I was just super stoked on the photos because I felt like, like I, I captured her birthday party last year and it's like, I could see such a drastic difference in the way that I was thinking and the way I was shooting. And, and I feel like more shit like that needs to happen on Instagram. Like, like totally just more, you know, more happiness and, and moments as opposed to like, 
you know, photoshopping a waterfall over the moon and like somebody on a canoe flying down it, like, eh. like, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. If you're a I'm composite specifically creator, like, going to make that just cause, <laughs> Please just cause do you it. said I'm it, serious. I'm going to make that. And <laughs> yeah, no, I totally, I totally, I, I totally, yeah, I, I totally on board with what you're saying there. Of course, like, um, I, I, I should specify like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to apply these principles to, to someone that's like uh, already, I guess, established or working at a high level in the industry. Of course, like sure. if you're just getting into the game and it's like you, you don't even barely know how to use your camera yet and you, you're still haven't like, you know, learn how to make a preset for yourself. Yeah. It's totally cool. Like go out, you know, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. I'm totally stoked if someone goes out and just like replicates certain shots that inspire them and they've seen before and they know that they can like, it's, it's the litmus test of how they figure out where their skill is against like, you know, the broad amount of different skills out there. But like, once you've learned how to use your camera, once you know how to scout your own locations and once you know how to build your own presets and edit in a certain way that pertains to your eye and your vision, go do that that will benefit you yeah that will be more fun that'll be even more fun yes you've been having fun replicating shots and being inspired by your favorite favorite photographers but it'll be more fun than that going out and being that person exactly you're you you know like like yes i could go out and take the same shot as everybody else and be like super stoked like oh man look this you know this got so many likes whatever but it's you take those uh, skills and apply them and, and, you know, say you don't get as many likes. Say you don't get as much, you know, engagement from that specific thing. It doesn't matter because you're just stoked. You're just happy with what you're doing, right? Like just keep creating for you. It's more important than creating for someone else. I have this conversation a lot with, with a lot of my friends of like, you know, stop creating for the following and, and create for yourself. Like, don't worry about posting a landscape. Like literally so many people that I know are like, I will not post a land. It's all portrait because it's going on Instagram. And it's like, I get it. You know, there's always the, there's the need for that, um, for that. Holy shit. Validation. There we go. There's that Mm -hmm. validation that comes from it of like, Oh, I posted the right time, the right place. You got 400 likes. Oh my God. I'm so Mm stoked. You know, whatever the case is, 21,000, 50,000, you know, and I feel like that just makes it feel like so much more of a shallow process. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're posting for others and, and not for yourself. And I understand, you know, sometimes posting for others is the best possible thing you can do. But mm-hmm. a lot of the time you just have to remember that it's you doing it. You know, like you're selling yourself. If you post a photo that doesn't get a lot of likes, it's not the end of the world. The people who like it, like you. Yeah. You know, uh- I'm going to contextualize even further. Like, sure. um, you know, please, posting, fucking please post, do. Holy yeah, shit. <laughs> posting, uh, posting a photo for validation or, or, uh, t- to be even, even further, further back than what, than that is like, um, to do anything in life for validation is not morally wrong. Like we, as people, like we're designed to be encouraged by one another and to build one another up and to seek validation and to give validation. And there's nothing wrong with validation, but validation is such an interesting idea. And the way we get it is such a, yeah, such a uh, uh, counterintuitive process. You think like, I'm going to do 
X and Y and get Z, you know, uh, it doesn't really work like that. I, I, it gets a lot more complicated. Like, uh, when you don't necessarily you even want to do that. Here's right? what I'm saying. Yeah, Here's what continue. I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. <laughs> when you give up the need for immediate validation, you earn yourself the ability to, to gain that respect constantly. When you, when, when it becomes clear to your broader audience that you're not seeking their validation, mm-hmm. then they don't feel that it's such such a issue to give it to you. They feel, they feel like, okay, here's somebody who's not worried about whether or not they get the validation. It's so funny. Like it, it's such such a funny funny dynamic. It's, you like, want what you can't have. It's it's okay. Yeah, it's okay to it's okay to want validation. It's okay to it's okay to want to be told like, hey, you do good work. Yeah. The sure. way to get there is to do good work in silence for nobody, for nothing, just for yourself. And that in turn is actually what gets you validation long-term. There you go. I'm going to, I'm going to have like a real sweet, like clickbaity title. Like at it's big Ben tells you the key to success. Just get a million <laughs> listens on this. episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, it, it is. I mean, that's, it's super important. You know, it's really, really easy to get beaten down by social media or, you know, by whatever. Like, you don't have a big following. You don't have a bunch of people commenting on your stuff. So you immediately start questioning yourself. And that's fine, too. You know, if 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 you're wondering if you're doing a good job, like, I completely understand that. I have the same problem with my own work, right? But, um like I said, it, it's so much more important to just be yourself and, and sell yourself, not in a prostitution like way, but in a like, you know, sell who you are, sell your images, what makes you different than, you know, at it's big Ben, right? You, yeah. <laughs> you don't want, you don't want to be Ben. Ben doesn't want to be you. Yeah. Totally. Right. Like, like it's the same, it's the same sort of, uh, ideal. I I'd say personally. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess a summary on that point is like, it's, it's okay to, it's okay to want to be successful and to want yeah. to provide value to the com- community. But once you rely on it for your happiness, then you're on a slippery slope. It's just, it's just not going to take you anywhere. You're, you know, and, and even if you get the validation at the end of that, what's it, what's it done for you? you yeah. Know? What's next? Yeah. What's next? Are you going to continue getting the validation or are you going to just continue making now wow. my soapbox is is broken in half because I've been standing on it for so long. <laughs> but, nice, but you know, you know, it's it, it's it's stuff of that nature that I feel like it, it is important. You know, you you learn so much behind that. So you do photography, um, basically, like that's your main thing. Do you do any yes. sort of video stuff? Okay, Have you gotten so, into that realm? So I suck at video. Uh, okay. I haven't done a lot of it. That might be why I suck. Uh, when you first started shooting, you probably sucked at photography too, dude. I mean, like, think about no, it. No, that's right? that's not true. That's it's not true. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, is this no, about to get weird? I'm, a, I'm messing with you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so I, I love I love shooting video. It's super fun for me. Yeah. I haven't yet created a piece that. Uh, I'm completely satisfied with. I've done I've done a little bit of work. I think the first the first company that went out on a limb and uh, decided to hire me for a couple of videos was uh, actually my home province of British Columbia. They oh, decided to hi- hire me for um, 
uh, a Tofino video, like uh, Best of Tofino. Okay. It's a, t- it's a town on the west coast of Vancouver Island. Uh, so I did a little bit of surfing and uh, and uh, like a, a airplane flight around that and did some video of that with my buddy Josh. Sounds and, fun. You know, it went it went well enough. I'm not unhappy with what we created, but it's like I'm I could you know I I see what could have been improved on. I also made a video for them where it, the concept was uh, the, it's called the West Coast Double, which is where you ski and surf in one day. Uh, so we made that and a best of Tofino video for them, and uh, you know it was. Uh, it was the very first paid video project I ever did. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't spectacular, but it wasn't, uh, garbage. <laughs> you weren't uh, like, Oh my God, why did I, why did they even pay me? You know? Yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, we provided value and I think we sure. showed the area adequately, but there's like the, the great thing about video is like, you know, fo- photo, photo is, um, effectively finite, yeah as an art form sure. there are certain apertures and you know certain focal lengths and there's you, there's a list right yeah. there there are there are parameters that are met yeah. no matter if, what if you use this camera body and this aperture this and this lens focal length and this, yeah. you can in some effect recreate an image completely but with video those factors are happening 24 times a second in different ways and then you start adding all of these variables you know different you know color grading and camera movements different gimbals yeah yeah and then you stuff that you just don't translate in photo at all yeah you're acting and like so video is something that i'm currently thinking of as uh an infinite art form um sure so there's like infinite variables and outcomes and methods and uh it's far more detailed and far more advanced and it's intimidating to a point yeah being good at video is far harder than being good at photo and takes much more investment in literal money and gear but also oh my god man i mean so i do video uh, as far as paid work in general you know, when I get paid work, what's not, yeah. not, you know, like a professional here, but uh, when I get paid work, it's almost always video. It is rarely photo. And I feel like it's because of, you know, kind of starting at the wrong time because everybody, everybody's a photographer. Everybody's got a damn camera in their pocket, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but video has been like my main source of, you know, revenue from creating anything. Uh, and there's what you're saying about it, you know, kind of being like infinitely more. What's the word? Just infinitely more, right? Like there's so many variables, everything can happen uh, in video. And, you know, like you said, there's different editing techniques, there's different color grading techniques, there's different camera movements, there's, you know, different frame rates for fuck's sake. There's just so many different things. And I feel like, I think that's why I like video so much. Yeah, because it, it it is every single time you shoot a video, it's better than the one you shot before it, and yeah, that's and not that that's not even like a totally. that's not even like a, oh be motivational. That's literally true because what you didn't do last time, you can now do this time. Yeah, you know, I, like oh man, I wish I would have gotten more static shots. Not everything has to be movement all the time. I remember that. So for this next shoot, I'm gonna get more static shots. 
You know, like it's just little things yeah, like that. Exactly. And the same my, thing can uh, happen in photo, but it's, you know, different, I think. My friend, uh, my roommate, sorry, RJ, makes a, such an interesting point on this. He said, two guys can show up with the same camera to the same shoot at the same time. And because of the way their brains work, get an entirely different video with zero similarities. It's incredible. It really is. Like from person to person to person, like you can have 10 people come in with the same camera, same scene, and they're all going to shoot a completely different vision. That's the interesting thing that the likelihood of that happening in photo is it's completely that one. Like if, if 10 photographers come in with, you know, 10 different, you know, 10 10, with the same camera and lens and same camera, same focal length, everything. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of the same. Or at least a lot of similar shots. Very similar similar outcome, for sure. But with video, there's just so many factors, man. Like, it's it's exciting. It's way different. So, so yeah, um, I'm excited to get more into video this year. Sure. Uh, That's why I bought the ESR. uh, And I've bought a gimbal and I bought a drone. And I've I've started to make more videos and... uh, you know, concept more plans. Like I have a, I have a, a, a fun video idea coming up with uh, one of the girls that goes to my gym. Sure. She is uh, super committed like to, to athletics and is a runner and a power lifter and uh, feeling all kinds of like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like a wild animal. So, uh, so I'm really looking forward to making someone with her this spring. Um, yeah. So, well, that'll so be that's, rad. that's going to be really fun. It's like, I'm, I'm actually, I, I, I felt in a way that I want to take a little bit of a back seat on that project. I said, if you, I told her, like, if you could concept something, if yeah. you could con- concept this, I can write a little bit of a storyline, but I don't want to, like, do all of it. Like, I want to I wanna hear your concept and, like, I want to run with that. Dude, some of my favorite uh, experiences in video is kind of winging it, honestly. I've had, you know, uh, the last one that I shot, it was for a CBD place here. Uh, he was like, yo, I have this idea. And, like, on the day of, I was like, okay, let's set up this shot. Let's set up this shot. Let's set up this and let's do this. You know what I mean? And I feel like that, that sort of thing of like having that freedom, but also that constraint just makes it so much more of an experience. Like for yours, you know, you could say, oh, I wrote this script. I have a shot list. I have storyboards and all that stuff, but maybe it wouldn't be the, you know, as much of an enjoyable factor with this person that, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's actually such an interesting principle, like, uh, adding restraint actually promotes creativity. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> that as a concept is really close. Cool. So we can, t- we can touch on that later, but yeah, what you're saying is like totally true. Like, uh, as Rachel comes with her inspiration and like her vision and like the video, the video is supposed to be like sort of a bio piece, uh, sort of like a, on, on her and like her, her abilities. Sure. Um, uh, but like beyond that, like the concept is totally up in the air right now. And like, I'm expecting her to grab that from orbit and bring it down to earth and then begin to work on it. Like I'm yeah. not trying to grab this, this concept from outer space. I'm trying to like get given something tangible to just, uh, arra- rearrange, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's such a cool principle. Hey, like um, as you add parameters to something, you don't make it more difficult. You make it easier because it, especially with video, like it narrows you in on what shots you actually like are going to need. Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Like, um, I don't know. I, like, like you said, the idea of like respond, uh, respond, God, restraint, uh, warranting the most creative response. I actually, because I'm a, I'm a fan of YouTube I was watching an ad the other day for David Lynch's masterclass. Yeah. And are you familiar with masterclass, right? Like that whole series of like crazy creative geniuses teach people how to do things. Yeah. So One I'm, of I'm them, aware of masterclass, but not David Lynch. Who's that? So David Lynch, have you ever seen a uh, Mulholland drive? No. Okay. So he also did twin peaks, uh, okay. blue velvet. Um, Send me his stuff later. I'd love to yes, see Yes, absolutely. He's an incredible, incredible director and writer. But what his main thing that he says in this ad for the creative class that I'm, you know, wish that I could buy um, was constraint spawns creativity. And wow. that, you know, like, wow. yeah, like he was like, I like the idea of forcing you to go in with one camera, one lens, terrible lighting. You figure it out. That's the bad. That's how you make your greatest stuff. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love thing. that. Dude, it just, it makes sense too, because that. when you're in that situation, yeah, you may be under duress and you may be a little stressed, but like that final product is so much better than if you had everything handed to you. Like, we Oh man, I wish I had every lens. This, we don't need to make this binary, but we, we <laughs> can make it binary. So, okay. Stress is, it's funny in this situation because like, okay, you can be handed, uh, a full gear, like truck, a full, full, like two, two, five ton box trucks full of gear. Yeah. It's like, okay, get this shot. Or you can just be handed a C300 with an 85 1.4 and told to get the same shot. And it's like, either you're going to have the stress of deciding, you know, reining things in with one gear, one piece of gear, or trying to like, isolate of these two trucks full of gear what do we need and what do we not need and get totally lost in the gear and completely lose the story exactly right like do i want to shoot with the red that's here the airy alexa what focal range do i want to shoot at what do i you know what aperture should i be shooting at because i have every single lens directly in front of me i can get a lot of similar results but what's the best result that i can get or here's a c385 get the shot yeah just get okay get the shot you know, and I feel like that's so much more important because people get yeah. lost in gear a yeah. lot. You know, everything that I shoot is with two two lenses because that's all I have. I have a fifty on my crop sensor and a sixteen, so it's a twenty four mil and an is seventy five mil equivalent. Yeah. And I get everything that I need every single time. Like I don't feel like, oh man, I really wish I had that zoom lens, or I really wish I had the thirty five. I really wish I, you know, and it's like, yeah. Instead of thinking that way, it's like, you have what you have, get it done. Yeah. You know? It's funny shooting this EOS R now. Yeah. Um, like focal length uh, kind of effectively doesn't matter, at least like doesn't matter near as much as it used to. Like uh, I post, I post the large amount of my portfolio on Instagram, sure. which is 1080 wide by 1350 pixels high oh, but my camera is shooting like 4000 and something high and like 
6,500 or 6,700 wide. And it's, it's like, like mind boggling, dude. I can, I can crop in three, four times and not lose resolution. You could crop in on a fly on a plant from a photo you took at 24 millimeters and still be fine. Oh, if you yeah, post it to actually, Instagram, it's actually a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like, so wild. Well, it's crazy. I, I mean, Instagram, you know, I have my gripes. I feel like they should probably put, you know, just don't make me crop it. Just don't make me crop it. It's all I want. Just yeah. give me a two by three. If you let me upload a full two by three. I'll be so happy yeah, because one the day. number one rule in photography, and you can hotly debate this if you want, is fill the frame. Yeah. Right. So when I'm shooting, that's my goal. I want to fill the entire frame. And if that entire frame happens to not be the Instagram crop, then I'm going to have a real problem when I'm trying to upload to Instagram. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, yes, some people are like, well, you know, maybe it makes you think more creatively, but I feel like it makes you think more constraint ask, right? Like I'm, it's a constraint okay. for no reason though. You know, I'm the, I'm the worst. Um, I'm like, uh, my friend Martina just like, bugs me because i'm like constantly the contrarian sure um, <laughs> now i'm just like i've been that to you like pretty much all day you'll say something i'll be like well the opposites actually don't <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah dude that's so that's, the, being, that's a conversation i'm kind of being a dick today <laughs> so sorry about that my friend martin is like hey you're the contrarian anyway uh like <laughs> no you're, you're totally, totally not i dude. totally forgot what we were just even talking about because i was gonna make a, a contrary point well the the instagram thing i'll, I'll bring it back so i can hear filling you the frame okay filling, filling the, the frame. frame yes um like i i told you before we got on the podcast today that uh i uh, i was i was doing a lot of like interior design research today just for fun because i i run social for a company that I would need to have knowledge like so that. Some experience in that. For, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I've been re researching like uh, a couple movements that, that one, what was that called? Uh, the Danish. It was like the Niet, design. Niet Hige. 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 There it is. Hige. Or, yes. No. Yeah, Hige. Hige Higen and uh, the Japanese sort of design concept of wabi-sabi which i was first introduced to by james barkman thank you james um shout out to james <laughs> yeah okay james okay the way he introduced me to wabi-sabi is like uh I, I ran into him on a beach in 2016 three years <laughs> three years ago it was in the spring three years ago now and uh, i'm like you know your van is, is like you know beat up but i like how it looks more than i like the look of vans that aren't beat up. He's like, yeah, that's because of wabi-sabi, the Japanese design concept that things that are used are beautiful and things that are well-worn well and patinaed are, you know, are beautiful. And they and share, they, they have more value. They have value and that they've been used and that they've and been used. Exactly. Put, put to put their, to their use. Anyway, those, those movements, um, or those are the ways of thinking about design, like Hige and um, Wabi Sabi. Wabi Sabi, uh, you know, f filling the frame, you know, is a you know, kind of a you know, could be a goal, but like the use of just you know seemingly useless space 
in those concepts is really interesting. Like, uh, absolutely. And, and so let, let me, yeah, before yeah, I come off as like a, yeah. as a, you got to follow the rules. So yeah. I feel like the first rule of photography is fill the frame. And the second rule is to not fill the frame. You break the rules. Yeah. Right? Like, totally. It's totally, very yeah. important. Dude, we're on this, we're on the same page here. <laughs> so like, negative space to me. I already showed you has <laughs> negative space, but it's which somehow is super fills the frame. important. Yeah. Well, and I think that negative space in general, is one of the most important parts of a photo, honestly. But my biggest problem is not necessarily with the idea of filling the frame because filling the frame in general is also that negative space, right? If everything has a purpose, then there's nothing that's not supposed to be in the frame. Yeah. But with Instagram, <laughs> let me get back to this. They don't let me put that whole thing, right? Like I want people to see the entire photo. You know, Wait, they didn't a, let you do that. I'm going to go delete my Instagram right now. <laughs> exactly, but that's what I'm saying, right? Like if yeah. I take a, a, a portrait style photo, I want you to see that extra bit of headroom. You know, I, I don't want to crop and, and get rid of the headroom because that headroom to me makes it more appealing. You yeah, know what I mean? Totally, totally. And, and just so now you can continue. I know it's yeah. supposed to be contrarian, but I completely agree <laughs> yeah. with that ideal. Yeah. Uh, I'm planning a Southwest road trip via Skype in uh, 10 minutes here. So I have time for like <laughs> two more topic points. If you, yeah. Just, just let you know, logistically. Um, yeah. I'm planning, I'm planning a trip to this, to Utah. Okay. Uh, Sick. And Arizona. So, you know, a little bit about that area. You'll, you'll be right. You'll be right next to right, New Mexico. I'll be right dude. next door. I might, I might actually let the team go home and then, stay down there for a little while Do i'm not it, sure dude. i'm not i'm not i'm not sure as to my move yet but uh yeah so that's coming up southwest late april dude i actually i really want to go to utah so i went to washington uh in november that's yeah. when it was nice. and <laughs> and it was nice, super nice. cool we drove there from here um, my mom, my stepdad and I, and my little brother, we drove from Albuquerque to Seattle cause that's where my sister is. And my nephew was having open heart surgery. So we all wanted to be there for him. And wow. Wow. we got, we drove through Utah and I never knew Utah is like this insanely gorgeous place. And the thing that sucked is we drove through like arches and Moab in the middle of the fucking night. No. Really bummed me out really Dude, bummed I'm going to moab for three days dude i really want to go to moab I, that's like and it's not that bad of a drive honestly it's like yeah 10 hours from yeah. here which wow. isn't that bad like yeah i get to denver in four from wow. here wow so like, wow, wow. <laughs> it, it's not safe but like you know whatever. <laughs> i'd say yeah, we're not talking about that <laughs> we're not gonna get into that but okay so all right, you're planning a trip to uh, to the Southwest. What's up? So what what are you kind of coming down here for? Yeah. We'll just make that a topic. <laughs> yeah, weird, right? Like the guy that built his entire you know career off shooting pictures of fog is going mm -hmm. to the one place that never gets fog. The zero fog. What the heck's going on? So that that really for me is all part of this. Uh, you it's know, evolutionary. Uh, I yeah, think it is. It is part. I think it's part of the evolution of my you know, skill set as a photographer. And, you know, I'm not expecting my Southwest work to be, you know, some of my, my best work 
by any means. I, it's, it's, it's totally outside of my scope, my general scope of like interest or, you know, proficiency, but, sure. um, like I, I like, I just, you know, I mean, we were just talking about that, yeah. how important that is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is like, you know, I'm fully willing to step into this trip, even, even knowing from the outset that I'm not going to get like, you know, photos that are my best work. That's fine. I was like, I need to, you know, you need to start somewhere. So this is my first trip to the Southwest. It's not my last. Uh, I, I really love just like all the photos and different places I've seen of the Southwest. It looks like a super sure. inspiring place. And like right now I'm, I'm so inspired by like, uh, like these magazines, like, uh, that I've seen, like, uh, and for different photographers I've seen, like, uh, Aaron Brimhall. Or He's Aaron, so Aaron. fucking good, dude. Yeah, I fucking yeah. love him. Yeah, He's it's so like, good. So good. Like, shout out to you, Aaron B. Hall on Aaron, Instagram. At Aaron B. Hall on Instagram. So good. How good is that guy's work? Uh, dude, the right? fact that he always incorporates like movement in some way yeah. in every like automotive movement or like whatever yeah. the case is. Yeah. Oh, love it. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, bold, bold statement, but one of the best photographers of movement that has ever existed. I would, I tend to agree. I mean, yeah. especially because of just the body of work that he has. There's so much. Yeah. And like, it's rare that somebody who's very talented also tends to literally just have nothing but just like stellar work. Every single yeah. thing he's posting, I'm like, oh, give me the double tap. I gotta, I gotta, you know, love that. Love it's, it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of weird stepping into <laughs> it's, like this. It was kind of weirdly game. emphatic of me. I was way too yeah, stoked yeah, about yeah. that. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of weird stepping into this like Southwest photography kind of vibe. Desert, knowing man. That, knowing that like I'm stepping into it inspired by certain people and that like I will, I will have to spend some time giving nods to the, like the people who went before me. And I think that's like exciting to do. It's like I, I've I'm I've been very clear about the fact that like you know certain photos I've taken have been like inspired by different things I've seen and like one of my my favorite photos I've ever taken like of that Volkswagen van on the Glacier Point Road you know Chris Burkhard took that years and years ago good old Chris Burkhard and like I was clear from the outset like yeah Chris took this I was inspired by it I happened to be there with a guy in a Volkswagen van and I was going to take the same thing because like Chris is gnarly. Yeah, because he's fucking sick. And I'm not going to pretend like I don't want this photo either. Yeah. But. I like, mean, it's cool to be able to say like. Yeah. I took something that looked this yeah. fucking tight. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that photo had probably been taken, you know, in the 1970s by someone on their film camera before Chris. And it's like, you know. That he was inspired by. Yeah. You know, um, maybe, maybe Chris was inspired. Maybe Chris thought of it himself. Like it's impossible to, to read his mind, but yeah, like, literally, unless he is, tells you, yeah, you, you don't really the have the point like is a, like, you know, I stepped into something that was already happening. And with this out, like I'd stepped into something that had already occurred and sure. I'd given credit to it. And it's like with the Southwest, I want to step into something that's already going on and, you know, let it teach me, you know, and like be sucked into it. And I, I like, I, I've been so inspired by like, Deuce says Machina. Oh, yeah. Uh, and like that kind of, that kind of uh, look and, you know, the deserty and like the movement and like the more orange tones. Like I've always shot with blue tones and blue uh, or the green. So, well, my favorite thing is so, for somebody of your nature to come in. 
yeah. and and shoot the way that you would shoot right like you continue to have those 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 you know lighter tones I mean, you know don't think of the orange as like just like a bam complete change of style but like what you do just do it in a desert like yeah. like that's that's what i feel is like super important that being said if you do come through the southwest and you can you should definitely go through new mexico there's a couple really really like super sick spots like white sands as i'm sure oh, yeah. you've seen white yep. sands oh yeah um Lately, and this one's been weird. I know you've probably seen it too, but Shiprock. Yeah, looks amazing. Dude, here's the thing about Shiprock. And let me just say it. It's awesome, but it's like, I don't understand where like the, like, oh my God, Shiprock. I found God here. Like, you know what I mean? Like that seems to be a very, very, very popular site. And it's outside of Gallup. And Gallup's not a nice place. And it's really interesting when you see it, because like, I know that ship rock is not in a very great area. Yeah. Like in general, um, what I've, this is what I've heard. Yeah. And, and it's just like, it's really interesting, but yeah, like there's plenty of nice places. Like white sands is an incredible sight to see. Like, do you, do you know the history kind of behind white sands? No. So they tested the nuclear bombs there. What? Yeah, dude. That's why it's White Sands. Like, they tested the nuclear bombs in White Sands, and that's why everything is the way that it is. No way. Yeah, dude. What? It's super cool. Like, it's, it's quite a story, right? I gotta like, go. Some people see it, and they're like, oh, White Sand, very cool. But it's like, there's like, that, that, that happened there. Jeez, and that's, dude. you know, why it is the way it is. It was just super cool. Oh, my cool. gosh. Wow. But, but yeah, so I know that you probably ought to get going. We're running... On about an hour and 20 minutes right now. Not bad, which, not bad. Which record, I think, it's the yeah. longest episode of I Hope This Doesn't Suck. So thank you for joining me on this journey. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. I, this Dude, has of been course. really fun. I, I, yeah, Thanks for being I, on. I was really stoked I love that you were down. Talking about my, I love talking about myself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I just any opportunity, <laughs> any opportunity to talk about myself, to just call me up. You want me to just talk? You just call me. You want me to talk for half an hour, run on sentence about my life? Just call me. Let's anytime. let's just start a podcast together in which <laughs> you talk about yourself and I comment on it. Yeah. And that's it. Dude. That's it. People will love that. A concept. It's a concept. It's like Sweet. one one person is just a raging narcissist and the other one is like, "You know what? <laughs> Keep doing you." Yeah. Just a really bad enabler. <laughs> that's awful. Uh, no, but in, honestly, thank you so much for being on, man. Like dude. super duper cool to have you on hearing your stories. Folks, I hope you got something out of out of Ben's stories. If you don't already follow him, which I'd be surprised, you should definitely go follow him on the good old Instagram at It's Big Ben. Um, follow his YouTube journey. Follow all that good stuff, right? Like you do with every guest, I'm assuming that you do. Um, but uh, Ben, again, thank you so much for having me on. you have any final thoughts, words, statements, impersonations? Oh my gosh. Throw um, an impersonation at me and I will be so stoked. I wish I was good at impersonations. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> all I got to say to your audience is like, if you've listened this far, thanks so much. Um, I, uh, I really hope that like, if you're thinking about getting into the photography game that you give it a shot, it's super rewarding creating things for yourself. Uh, and 
just enjoying the outdoors. So, you know, enjoy, enjoy for what it is. Um, this is one thing I really want to say, like, you know, one thing that's really important in our world right now is like the environment. So uh, there's a lot of talk about like, you got to do your best for your environment. But like the bottom line is like, you will never care about something you, you don't love. So go outside, fall in love with the outdoors. And this and is what I have to say it. to everyone. Go out, you will protect the things you love. So go outside, get out there, fall in love with it and repeat. Come on. There it is. There, there it, is, it is, folks. So if you're listening during the daytime or the nighttime, I just hope it's a great time. And um, well, that's it.